everybody. This is Chris Starr. Thank you for jumping on with me and the Wildlife Command Center podcast. As you can see today, I've got Bear Hands Brand on. We're going to talk about getting shadow banned on TikTok, exploding tanks in front of buildings. <laughs> kind of cover a lot. Figuring out why TikTok doesn't like like us putting YouTube in the title and stuff like that. And a few other topics. It's not all about TikTok these days, but it's just... One of the issues that we covered in today's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this bad boy and give us an awesome five-star review. It really does help out the podcast. I really appreciate it. I love doing it. So let's jump in with Michael Barehands Baran on this episode. Okay, Michael, you said that you are shadow banned on TikTok. Man, it is the craziest thing. You know, one of my 2022 goals was to download the TikTok app start posting meaningful TikToks, and then follow Gary V's advice. If y'all don't know, Gary Vanderchuk is one of my uh, my mentors I listen to, and post four meaningful TikToks every day. And man, I'm going to tell you what, I started it, I learned it, got into the TikTok, started getting some followers, and then I was like, Cole, you know, Cole's our videographer. I was like, Cole, you got to do this too. And that way we can have my TikTok page. We can have the Wildlife Command Center TikTok page. Can, you can have your TikTok page and we'll learn this TikTok stuff and we'll get it good. Sure enough, about a month after I said that, or when I said that, about a month after that, we posted a video and man, that thing went viral. I mean, bam. It's all about that big old python escaping, crawling all over the reptile room, knocking a rattlesnake enclosure completely off the shelf, busting the glass, rattlesnakes loose, pythons loose. Anyway, TikTok went crazy. And so, man, we had this great run. I mean, I was on in his DMs. I was like putting major comments in there. I was talking to some of those people. They were coming over my page. I mean, we just had this just, just great run. And then all of a sudden dried up last two weeks. Mm. I mean, dried up. And I'm like, what in the world, man? I got 7,500, what, 7,800 followers. You know, Cole, 77,000 followers because it was on his page when the viral video went viral. And so I'm like, I'm just researching everything everywhere, trying to figure out what happened. And then I come across this video and same thing happened to another guy that was a lot bigger than both of us. And he's like, TikTok like that girlfriend that you mentioned somebody <laughs> else's name and <laughs> nope. shut you down, man. Shut you down. And literally, I've had no engagement. I've had no reach. I've had no new followers in three days. Whoa, that's a big deal. I'm posting the same stuff. I'm posting the same TikToks. I'm posting the things that people are interested in, in watching, at least our, our sphere. But anyway, yeah, so we went in and we started cleaning up some stuff. We took the main link from YouTube Down? out of my description. No, I just took it out of, the, I just took yeah. it out of my bio and description and I put my link to my social media page that's just for me, that inside there, it has a link to YouTube. To YouTube yeah, like a link tree. Yeah, it is like a link tree. That little uh, www.michaelbaran.io. And 
I mean, it's very much like a link tree. It's just prettier, you know? But yeah, man, t- they shut me down hard, and then they shut Cole's reach down too. Yeah, so we're uh, we're not mentioning nothing about nothing, you know? <laughs> well, since you and I last talked about TikTok on this podcast, I too have popped off. Isn't that <laughs> It's kind of exciting. I'm looking forward to embracing. I, for one, welcome our new TikTok overlords. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm, I'm all about TikTok. I mean, you know, um, if you can give me some reach, so I'm all about it. But yeah, it's, it's amazing how powerful social media really is. And what I mean is, it's amazing how powerful the platforms really are. And how they can decide to love you, then reject you. That's it, man. Love you or reject you, you know. In the back of my mind, I, I do keep it keep it in the back of my mind that, hey, you know, these are privately held entities and they are able to do what they want to do with their with their companies. I just think that people need to understand that and to remember that and to just be aware that, hey, however you're being influenced, however your mind is being manipulated and crafted, just keep in mind that this is not just this natural flow of what most people think. This is definitely crafted by the people that are in charge of these social media platforms and what they think. Because, you know, this is very much a human thought process that they are manipulating. That's just them running their business. And so I'm I'm very aware of that stuff, you know. But, you know, hey, those are the platforms we got. We got to operate within them. Just got to be aware, you know, just got to be aware. We just got to post cutesy, you know, non-divisively charged videos that, you know, don't be uh, controversial. I'm going to tell you, though, as me and Cole are doing TikToks and we're doing videos, we are, as we're doing them, we're like, can we show that? Is that going to be banned? Is that going to fall within the guidelines? What are the community guidelines? What do the community guidelines really mean? You know, like we were feeding the rattlesnakes the other day and we were videoing that. And I was like, I wonder if somebody's going to complain about the fact that that's a baby chicken. Uh, yes, I wouldn't do that. Not worth it. <laughs> I mean, you guys have already got some traction underneath your belt, especially Cole's channel, dude. We must protect Cole's channel at all costs. <laughs> I understand. But listen to what you just said. We were feeding the, the rattlesnakes. We were feeding the rattlesnakes the same thing that everybody at McDonald's is eating. It's the same exact oh. thing. It's just not fried up and it doesn't look like a cute little dinosaur and you can't dip it in dipping sauce. Wait, was it alive? Or well, frozen? no. It's frozen. I mean, day-old chicks, we get them from Mike. You didn't say that. You said baby chicken. To me... Baby chicken means that it's squeak, squeak, peep, peep. Not been frozen for three months, you know. So I see the less problem with that, really, than anything. So what, you have a pair of tongs, you're jiggling it, they strike it, you drop it, and that's what you're po- wanting to post? What's really interesting about my rattlesnakes is my rattlesnakes don't strike these. My rattlesnakes come out full force, mouth open, they grab the day-old chick, and they hang on to it. 
Hmm. And so I wiggle it a little bit just to give them a little sense of accomplishment, <laughs> you know, uh, and then, and then I'll let go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've got, uh, I've got three of them that do that. Three rattlesnakes. They'll, uh, they strike and grab, especially with the day old chicks. They don't let go. They're like those emerald tree boas, you know, mm-hmm. about the same length of teeth too. If, if if no one's ever been if no one's ever been bit by an emerald tree boa, they need to go find somebody that's got one and just let them bite it. Let them bite. Well, it. I'm all good. Oh man, that's, they got some long teeth. I mean, it's amazing. Of course, you know they are bird eaters, so they have to they have to have that adaptation to be able to hang on. If any of our listeners don't know it, then you should definitely go to YouTube. You should definitely go to our channel and then search <laughs> around and then leave our channel and find some emerald tree boa, like striking in action to see how long those oh, teeth okay. are. Yeah. Spotify won't shadow ban us if we mention our YouTube channel on here. Good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I get both sides, but context is everything. That's why, dude, I try to... Uh, you know, I've had <laughs> I've had whole relationships with people through text, and there's just there's just nothing of substance there. You know what I mean? So, in all circumstances, if I can, I try and call people now, straight up. You know, tone is so important. That's the fact. You know, when you're communicating with people, how body language, tone, you know, how you're positioning yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot lost. Especially in modern times, because, you know, the English language has changed. It, I mean, it is a dynamic language, but it has changed even since I was a kid. Words don't mean the same thing. Words don't have the same value as they had at one time. I don't know. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think a lot of your best life is just your mental attitude, you know, what you, how you feel about life. You know, however you perceive what's going on right now, that's what you're going to think life is, right? So if you think it is, then it is. If you think it ain't, then you're right. Oh, that's deep. It is a little deep. Maybe take another sip of coffee. We'll get even deeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Huh. Mm, that wildlife command center coffee is good. Oh, yeah. I'm a breakfast boy. I'm a breakfast blend kind of boy. Yeah, I think my I've got one of those big glass coffee grind holders. It's like a cookie jar, but it holds coffee. Do you keep them in there whole or do you grind it and then put it in there? No, everything I have is pre-ground. Oh, okay. You just okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just dump it in there because it's easier to scoop out. I go through coffee so fast it doesn't have time to get stale. Oh yeah, me too. Like <laughs> I just I open the bag and I dump it in there because it's easier to scoop out and I can see how much I got. But my point in that is just that it's mixed now because I'll dump a bag of dark roast in, then I'll get about almost down, I'll dump a bag of breakfast blend down, and then I'll see that there's what? a difference in coloration, and so I'll shake How it up a little that? bit. So I have my own special mutt blend going on. Dude, I don't know about that. It works, dude. Works. Big time. So your uh, your TikTok, what video was it that went viral? Have have all the listeners seen it on your TikTok page? Yeah. So it is a video that I was taking of a fireplace. They were hearing things, and so what I do is I you know put my flash on, and then I just hold my camera up like in the fireplace to look past the flue to look like back 
what is that called? The something pit? Your smoke shelf. Well, you got an smoke ash shelf. pit and then a smoke shelf. Yeah. So the back, yeah, back up behind the fireplace, there's a little depression that goes down past the opening and then back up into the chimney. And then raccoons will get down in there and have their offspring. And so they're hearing something. So I put my phone up there, took a look. And like, as soon as I raised my phone past the open flue, because <laughs> I had the flash on, there's just these shining eyes at me. And I'm like, oh, geez, don't bite me. And then I kind of, to see if she has offspring, I continue to raise it up, kind of pan around a little bit. And there, there's like four of them on her nursing. And she's like, kind of like, okay, what do I do? Like, you know, standing up, seeing if she's got a bail, you know? And then I just pull it out. And I've got 1.3 million views on that now. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about that point that you just made, she was thinking about what she's going to do. You know, female raccoons are very maternal and they are, in the bigger scheme of things, they are pretty good moms, you know? Oh, yeah. They will defend their babies. But we should never forget that one, they don't have these cognitive thought processes with emotion. And if it comes down to their life and the baby's life, they're going to say, see ya, I can have more babies later. I mean, that is a natural instinct that's just bred into a lot of the smaller mammals that, you know what, I could stay and fight, but I could get hurt. And if you get hurt in the wild, you die. And it, goes all, it all goes back to this. Every time you fly on an airplane, it goes back to this one thing. Please place your oxygen mask on your face purse before helping those beside you. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like secure your survival first and then you can help those beside you. And so you really see it in squirrels and rabbits. Like squirrels and rabbits, they're both like, eh, see ya, you can have them. I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> they just bail. They can breed again in like two weeks. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here and I'll just have another litter somewhere else. And y'all can have those. Enjoy your snack. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's some sort of small predator, then they'll try and fight it off. Like, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure you've been bum-rushed by an adult female squirrel before. Oh, sure. Like I said, everything has an instinct, a maternal instinct, and they will try. But in the bigger picture, I mean, we see so many, so often, so many times a day. It's like we, we see those times where the females are just like, eh. Yeah, we get the whole spectrum. You can have them. I'm out of here, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, when you, it's a pretty good trait knowing exactly where that fight or flight boundary is and when to take advantage of it. Yeah. But it does seem like the smaller the animal, the more likely they're going to fly and just have another litter, especially when you get into small rodents, you know, like voles and mice and rats. Oh, geez. There's not even a consideration there. Yeah. They're just like, Meh. you know, no thanks. <laughs> You can have them. Take care of them. Don't eat them all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, don't eat all of them. I might come back and salvage one or two. (laughs) Right. Yeah, but you know, but raccoons, I have done successful translocations where you take the box of young and you set it out and the female comes back and gets them. Really? Yeah, we've we've done that a few times at customer's request, of course. I would never voluntarily do that. Oh, so where you chase the mom out, grab them, put them in a box, cap off the chimney, and then place the box like on the roof or something? It's usually a situation where I'm actually actively trying to catch the female. Like 
trying to block her, trying to run her into a cage or trying. And then something happens unsuccessfully. She takes off faster than I can react. Or like that video you did, you were looking up in there to see what was going on. I've done that a couple of times and the females are like, out of there. Yeah. And before I can get up and get on top of the roof, I already see her booking it across the fence, you know, and she's out. She, so. she throws herself off the roof full speed. Yes. It just land. They're crazy, man. They're crazy Shoot. bouncy, man. They can, they can jump straight off a roof like nothing to it and then bounce and then keep running. <sighs> Although I do have some pictures of a really good one I did one time where same situation, put the phone up in there, looked around, see what's up. Female takes off. And then I just noticed that she stops about halfway. So I run around, get up on the roof, but she didn't want to go back down in the chimney. She was like on top of the chimney and I was able to catch mm-hmm. a polar. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Cause I'm all about, you got to understand, listeners have to understand, we are trying to resolve for the human a wildlife interaction that they do not desire. And that's why I say all the time, I rescue people from wild animals. That's our biggest goal is to try to resolve the wildlife infringement, the wildlife conflict, the wildlife problem. And that means that you have to remove wildlife. And so my first go-to is how quickly can I get this resolved for the human? That's why I'm there. I'm for the homeowner. I'm for the person that's living and breathing and talking and stressed and worried because they've got a toddler in the room and there's raccoon fecal matter everywhere and she doesn't want them to get raccoon roundworms. Man, I can go on and on why they don't want to live in the same house with a raccoon. Dude, for me, it's mostly just like when you've got 20-pound animals running around above your head, literally right above your head as you're trying to sleep, there is no sleep. And that's a good way to drive a person bonkers. Not just bonkers, completely insane, man. I mean, it's, it's amazing. How quickly a couple days of no sleep will drive a person up a wall. Make them cranky, make them make bad decisions, make them irritable, make them just hard to deal with in general. Yeah, it does. It really does. Especially with squirrels, you know, because squirrels love to wake up. <laughs> At like 4 a.m., Right. Yeah, like just before the sun's, you know, most of us probably have to get up about seven. But if you got a squirrel that's starting at 530, you're not going to sleep for that hour and a half, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> that thing is bouncing and jumping. It's like, it sounds like they're bowling with walnuts up there in your attic sometimes. You know, you hear little little walnuts and acorns going across the thing. Yeah, you just like cannot put it together what intarnation these squirrels could be doing because it literally does sound like they're bowling. But like, what could they be doing? They have no reason to roll nuts around. Like, what is happening? I don't know. I just, I just imagine them up there just like, just frolicking with each other, you know, just jumping up and down and bouncing on each other and, and knocking things around. But you know, one thing when a customer tells me that, I know immediately that that customer needs more insulation in their attic space. Oh, for sure. Like if you can hear the nuts moving, yes. then you have insulation issues. You know, a lot of times I get up there and you know, you need a good 12 solid inches of insulation up there that's not compacted and not compromised just to be able to maintain a minimal level of heating and cooling. 
if you get up in your attic space, and this is a good thing for all the listeners, if you get up in your attic space and you can see your rafters, then you don't have enough insulation up there. Yes. You're losing your tail in heating and cooling cost. You're not maintaining it. It's not going to stay warm in the winter, and it's going to get too hot in the summer. I think I might need to check my insulation then. Probably so. I'm paying an arm and a leg, and I rent. I'd get up there and look, you know, especially where you are, because it, it can get pretty warm in the summer. Hot, hot, hot. Hey, but I've, I've been like negative Nancying it for a while and just going, well, you know, this is the last week, the last good week. All right, better enjoy this weather. It's going to be the last week because last year's weather, we had no spring. It was like cold, 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 then triple digits for like four months. But this year we're legit having like a springy spring. Like today it's going to be in the low 70s and it's May, which is bananas. I wouldn't say it's not the average, but like it hasn't been like that recently. In St. Louis, here in St. Louis, we did not have a super bitter cold winter and we only had a little bit of snow, but we have had an extended cool, like today it's only going to get up to 55 degrees. Wow. You know, but it's been like that and it's been wet. And so we really have not hit our back calls yet. No, neither have I, dude. I mean, <laughs> I say that and I'm doing a bat seal up today, but I mean, you know what I mean. We haven't hit one bat inspection a day for no. many, many days in a row. We haven't hit that yet because it's not hot. When it gets hot, that's when bats like ramp up their activity. They're much more active. They're louder. They're feeding more. They're, and so they're pooping more. They're running around more. There's more to do if you're a bat. And we just haven't had that yet. Yeah, we haven't had that yet either. And it's been hitting me in the pocketbook. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I need, that, I need those bat seal-ups to pop off, man. So, Well, May is here, which should be a good May. You know, yeah. Based on the weather, it does look like this will be, <laughs> I keep saying this, the last week, you know, <laughs> of, here I go again, the last cool week. You know, yeah. and then, you know, I, I've had a good spring. I'm kind of, you know, kind of ready for it to be hot-ish. I don't know. Sun's out, guns out. And I've been working out, so I'm ready to flex those guns and also flex those cock guns, baby. There you go. There you go. <laughs> flex those 32-foot ladders. Oh, yeah, man. I had I had <laughs> 32 out yesterday. I was running accounts for Chance, trying to help him get caught up on some of his accounts he's got. Nice. I always, when I pull that big ladder off, I always expect it to be heavier than it actually is. But 32 is like my middle of the road to go ladder, you know? That's what I carry. I carry a 32 and a 24 on my truck all the time. Between those two, it gets me everywhere I need to get. Well, yeah, St. Louis, you know, we got bigger, taller houses. Nothing smaller though? I do have an 18-foot trifold that I keep in the bed of the truck. Ah, okay. Dang. I only use the 18 and the 32. Hmm. The trifold and the 32. So for here, man, we ain't got nothing that needs a 40. You know what I mean? And if it does, it's, they're so few and far between. I'm like, you know, I could probably schedule a lift out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I do. And I love lift work. Yeah. That's the way to go. 
Brother Scott with ACEs Wildlife Removal, he's got a big job for the VA Medical Center over in Alton. Yeah, he's been trying to work. He's He's got a 120-foot lift out there on site. Holy smokes. Yeah. Those big lift jobs are fun. Yeah, it's just fun, you know? It is nice. The biggest lift I've ever had, though, was uh, I did a VA center in Jackson, Mississippi, and I had that big 135-foot lift out. Cause the, uh, and, it's, and it's crazy because the building itself was only eight stories. However, I could only put the lift in the parking lot. And so I had to lift up, but I had to lift over. A bunch of trees or something? No, it was just about 20 foot of grass. And Oh, and they wouldn't let you drive on grass? No. Well, we couldn't. There was too much grade on it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you, you you know, you see some of those places where the lawnmower guys run the lawnmowers and you go, how did they do that? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, like the highway interchanges. That's oh, crazy, man. Some of those guys that run those zero-turn mowers, man. I mean, yes. it's like this some, some crazy, it's like they're leaning almost all the way over the other side just to keep it from falling over on them. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. But yeah, I, I like the big tall lifts. Mostly it's all been bat work, but that one I did in Jackson, Mississippi was all bird work, you know, with the tall lift. How tall was the lift that you used in that building in, uh, was it Lincoln or Omaha? Remember that first project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Omaha, Nebraska. It was an 85-foot lift, but it was only a three-story building. However, again, it was a federal building, and they have all these bomb deterrent bunkers all the way around the building. And so you could only get the lift so close to the building, and then you had to lift over the concrete bomb bunkers. Something about people liking to drive bombs into federal buildings, and <laughs> so so they've got deterrents now. You know, all kinds of different deterrents. I've seen big, huge, permanent concrete deterrents, and and then I've seen the really crazy ones are the ones that are solid metal core p- poles. They pop up. And man, it's amazing how well those things work, you know? Yeah, you hit one of those and it, it's going to stop anything that hits it. <laughs> Folds your car. Short of a tank. Short of a tank? I want to see a tank run into one of those. Do you, think it could, do you think it wouldn't stop a tank? No, I think probably what they would do is wait till the tank was halfway over it and then, de- and then deploy it. <laughs> that would be <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nail that soft underbelly. Man, we got, how do we get on tanks from baby raccoons in the fireplace? And being shadow banned on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But anyway, yeah, we got some good videos coming up. We also are changing the day that we drop our videos. So, you know, when you're studying on analytics on YouTube, yeah. Um, okay. When you're studying the analytics, you know, it's kind of a dynamic thing. You got to look at your overall audience and viewership and figure out when are the most people sitting down watching YouTube so that you can, poop drop a video and they go, oh, hmm, there's one. Let's click on that, you know? And when is it right now? The newest analytics from... Now to the time that we started the channel, which was back in 2009, is it's saying that Saturday at 3 p.m. is the optimal time to drop a video. But, okay. you know, they also say in there that, uh, that there's no history that says that when you publish a video, 
that it actually has anything to do with the video's long-term viewability, but it has everything to do with that immediate algorithm to throw it out there in front of people, you know? There's three key elements. One, that you have interested viewership online when you drop the video. How many people interact with that video in the first two hours? And then how many people actually view it longer than 30 seconds within the first two hours? And so if you can hit whatever magical number it is during that first two-hour window, then the video will go... It'll take off. It'll get grabbed. Yeah, you can see it on our channel. Like if you go back and look at some of the older videos, some of the older videos that we had back in the fall of this past year, 2021, very quickly got picked up and popped and they'll have 12 to 20 to 40,000 views on them. And then somewhere during the spring, that dropped off. And we have yet huh. to figure out what the algorithm is. I mean, we knew the algorithm changed. We just didn't know how to react to it or what to do because nobody really knows, you know? It's just, it's yeah, just, they don't exactly share that information. They don't want people gaming it. And so you're sitting there trying to figure it out. And so what's really strange about our YouTube channel right now is we're constantly gaining subscribers, mostly because of TikTok, but... Our viewership and our reach is very poor right now. Very, very poor. Like, we're lucky sometimes if we get 200 views on some of these videos. And and the videos are being crafted better than they were in the fall. It's the same subject matter as we were getting in the fall. And we just don't get the reach. And we just don't get the viewership because we haven't figured out how to pop the new algorithm which is crazy. It's all about being able to hit that algorithm right in the, that first two hours after you've posted the video and how many people interact with the video and how many people watch the video for longer than 30 seconds. That's what it's all about. But there's also something else that we don't know and we don't know, we don't know. So it's like this, this mystery. It's called a black swan. Some of the older videos, like the video I made of how to make the world's best raccoon bait, that thing is just consistent. Like it gets 150 to 200 views a day consistently. Always. Always. Like everything about that video, even though it's a poorly made video that I did myself with an (laughs) iPhone, you know, and I edited it together myself. And you know what's interesting about that video? I posted that video twice. Identical video, one picture I posted the thumbnail with like 40 raccoons in cages and the other I posted, it's just my face. And people always pick the one that's just my face. Classic human psychology, man. It is. And, and, I, and when I say they're exactly the same, I mean they are exactly the same. Same hashtags, same title, same name, same, same, same. The only thing that's different is the thumbnail. But yeah, it is. Uh, it's the wildness of trying to figure out the modern era of social media. I mean, I can still vividly remember passing notes to the front of the class when I wanted to talk to somebody. <laughs> I said, I did that too. I was a part of that era still. 
passing the little paper notes to the front of the class. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, before cell phones were sophisticated, you know, we all had them, but like texting wasn't easy then. You know, it was like press multiple buttons on a on a phone, you know, to get your letter. So it, it was still quicker to write, basically. So I was selling cell phones when the very first Nokia came out where you could send a message across the phone. You know, I was in it when the very first pager went QWERTY with a QWERTY keyboard on it, and it was a clamshell. I was in the very beginning when BlackBerry was the thing. If you didn't have a BlackBerry, you were nobody. You were nothing. <laughs> you were nobody, man. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, I can even vividly remember when the first iPhone came out and I was amazed at how they could kind of swipe the letters across. They really didn't have to spell it out all the way and they could uh, send messages, you know. It was pretty amazing. The touchscreen, you know. The first touchscreen. I remember when I first touched an iPhone, where was I? I was on, so I was on a bus that had to do with the military. I don't know if it was going to or from, I think it was leaving basic training and a buddy, not a buddy, just a guy was like, hey, can I try that real quick? Because that was, it was the first, not the first, the first Apple, uh, the first iPhone I was in high school when it came out, but I had never touched one, you know, and it, I was like, this will, <laughs> this is way too hard to type on, like the text. <laughs> yeah. Well, how times have changed, huh? Yeah, for real. Now I can do it without even looking at it. Oh, no. I, I saw somebody the other day that was just swipe spelling, and that's oh. still, that still amazes me. I think that's more common on Androids. How do you even remember how to, what figuration to swipe, you know? I guess, I guess you just get used to it after a little bit, you know? Dang. Swipe spelling. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if more people are doing that. I don't think so. I think more people are still tapping than anything versus swiping, you know? Not me. I don't do either one. I don't swipe and I don't type. You verse, you speak to text poorly. I speak to text and then I send it, whatever it said. (laughs) No matter how Siri decides my Southern accent meant, you know, I just type, Mm -hmm. I I voice to text and then I send. It doesn't matter. People have to figure it out. And we get, we get the job of deciphering what the heck he was trying to say to us. <laughs> Sometimes it is. It's usually easily enough figured out. What, what is he talking about? What, where's the context? I need to back up two messages. See, what are we talking about? <laughs> run over this again. Let's run this through our mind again. Yeah. Yeah, it's craziness. Crazy craziness. TikTok, social media, raccoons, tanks. Man, we covered it all in this podcast. We did, yes. <laughs> we got it all covered. I appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't already, please go subscribe to the podcast, to our YouTube channel. And in the description, we have our TikToks in there as well. I mean, mine's Lone Star Trapper. Pretty simple. Michael's is Bare Hands Brand. Fortunately, our handles are usually pretty abstract enough that they're always available <laughs> right. wherever we uh, try to search for them. Go follow us on there. Check out our viral vids. 
Cole's Wide World is on there too. He's the one who like really popped off with the, the crazy snake video. And then uh, hit up our YouTube channel as well. We really appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Michael Bearhands Baran, for jumping on with me. All right, man. You have a great day. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, a.k.a. Bearhands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus. Download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.